Welcome to Crazy Stupid Love with me, Barnaby Slater. In Crazy Stupid Love, my guests come armed with something they like to discuss to do with their relationship, love, or sex lives. And then, simply, we talk about it. A simple format for what is often a very complicated but always fascinating subject matter. Before we get started, just a reminder that if you haven't already, please do subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts. It would be a huge help. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you'd like something discussed on Crazy Stupid Love, please email crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. That's crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. And give us a follow on Instagram at crazystupidlovepod. But most importantly, my guest today is Sarah. Sarah, how are you? I'm feeling a little bit hungover, but I'm ready to party. Ready ready to party on Crazy Stupid Love. You're our first party animal, that's for sure. Uh, well, who's mentioned it, anyway. Um, I always like to give an idea of where we are. We're in your lovely living room in Hackney, near Homerton. And uh, just for uh, possible future noise reference, you have a loud fridge that's next to us. I do. That Very jealous be. fridge. Always wants to get in on the action. Always getting in on the action. You're our first guest who hasn't had an animal, though, so I take, I'll take a fridge over an animal, frankly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, Sarah, as I've, I've prepped you for this, I've told you, I always like to uh, get my guests to come on kind of armed with something they'd like to talk about around the subject of crazy, stupid love. Where shall we start? I've been eternally single, um, and I've enjoyed that. But uh, I wonder, sometimes wonder why, you know, is it the way I look? Is it my personality? Is it a combination of the two? I can't think so because I'm, you know, high tens for all of those things. So <laughs> I'm so not f- laughing. That's not denying it, Sarah. <laughs> That's just a natural after that excellent, uh, I say gag. It came across as a gag. It was well-timed. Well, um, yeah. So the mist, you know, the mystery is why haven't I found my soulmate or, you know, Maybe if that's too intense, someone that can be my best mate that I can just gel with really well. Yeah. And I don't know if it is because my personality comes across as too big, too intense, too, um, you know, do I scare men off? Just kind of uh, deconstructing what you said there. So you said you're eternally single. Define single then in your world. Do you mean in terms of single, uh, not having a boyfriend or single in terms of... Um... No, I've never had a, what I would consider a serious relationship. I had probably one boyfriend, and it lasted 365 days to the day. Um, And so that was kind of one, but we didn't date. We didn't sort of... It was very youthful and crazy and drug-fueled and booze-fueled and probably a really good example of what not to do in a relationship. Right. I wouldn't say that that has put me off for life. Um, That's not the case. It's just that is my only experience of a relationship. And was that when you were kind of... Uh, I don't know, it's, the way you've described it sounds like, you, I think you said youthful, didn't you? Was that when you were kind of... Oh, I was at 21. Your, your 20s, yeah. yeah. I think I, I learned a lesson from what, what I didn't want. That was a very clear lesson. But I think, I don't know, it's, it's something I, I muse over all the time. You know, am I a commitment phobe? I don't think so. You know, I feel like I'm very secure and sound in who I know, you know, who I am. Mm. You know, I, I'm really happy with my identity. Um... Do I love myself? You're supposed to be able to love yourself before you someone else can love you. Um, are these just these are just kind of cliches though that come out of um, kind of self help books and stuff? It doesn't. I mean, I, I know when people say that, I, I get what it means, yeah. but in reality, when you, from my experience of finding relationships, there's never a conscious oh, I love myself today, and t- so tomorrow I'm going to be attractive to somebody, or I'm going to 
by fate bump into someone who happens to be in the same place as I am, not only physically, but also kind of relationship wise or love wise. Um, so is that, is that really how you feel like you have to ask questions of yourself like that? Or is that stuff that you're kind of just saying because... No, no, I do. I, do. I, f- I find it perplexing because I think I'm a good candidate for a relationship. You know, mm. I think I would, I would be solid. I'm, up for, I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to communicate. You know, I, do, I don't. And so I find it strange that I haven't found someone. I do. Is there a standard way that things tend to happen? As in, are there people you've met down the years where you've, like, uh, you've been like, oh, I'd like to be in a relationship with you but then it doesn't work out and if so you know what does that look like I think I spread myself very thinly I'm massively gregarious I love people I treat everyone the same you know uh, people might reflect that there's no time for a man in my life because I'm so independent Mm -hmm. you know it is a it's to to me but do you think that you say people might reflect that but do you uh, you don't you said you you think you're a great candidate yeah yeah you know I don't know what it is. I think it's something mystical. I don't think there's anything I'm doing wrong. Mm. I just don't think that um, the, the stars have collided. So in a dream world, you're quite clear like that this is what you want. Like you said, you want either a soulmate or someone who's like your best mate who you can also hunker down with. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, that's quite a positive thing, isn't it? To know that you want that. Because I've certainly spent enough time in my... 20s and 30s thinking what do I actually want I'm not even sure if I'm capable of that kind of stuff is that has it always been the case that you've known that you wanted that or has that kind of evolved over time no I mean you know I I've always known that to have someone sort of share these moments with you the laughs that you have the people that you meet the places that you travel to mm. that would be great I'm envious if anything <laughs> of your simplicity you're able to put that so simply that that's what you want so how do you go about trying to find that are you on the apps? Well, that's the, probably the thing. I don't, I don't actively seek it out. I've tried the apps and I can't abide them. I, I go on, people always go, I've met them. You know, people do this. You can meet people through these apps. And it's just not for me. I think that my 3D persona is just different to how I present myself via an app. Right. I feel like you need to meet me in the flesh. So what, what was your experience when you were on those apps? What, what, was it about those apps that made you think they're just not for me? I mean, you've said you feel like your persona is different in real life to on the apps, but does that mean that you've met people from the apps and you think... No, I think I've, I've gone on three dates via apps. Okay. what happened in those dates? Um, uh, there was a guy that um, played Manuel in a sort of dining experience of <laughs> 40 Towers. So sadly, not the original Manuel. <laughs> that was, that was going to be the greatest bit of viral podcast work ever when Sarah went out with... Uh, Andrew, Andrew Sachs. <laughs> God rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you met Manuel. Where did you go on this date with Manuel? Uh, we went to a bar in London and um, we had one of those, uh, tro- you know, with the different beers on a, on, a pallet, on a paddle. Like a craft beer place or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I remember the end of that date, I said, all the best. <laughs> which in ret- retrospect it went that well <laughs> gives away quite a lot I mean he was lovely he was sweet but he you know quite quickly he wasn't for me and I think so maybe- you didn't fan- you didn't fancy him yeah Whereas- well, as soon as I saw him right so when so you'd been talking on the app you felt like there was some connection text on the app or at least you I liked think, how he looked I think I was like give it a go I think again I was like let's meet this person in person yeah. because that, you know I'm going to get a lot more from that than 
because you because some people aren't very articulate over text you know and mm. they're the funniest most charming engaging people in, in person you know and that's for me I, you know I'm very eloquent by a text but then it's I'm a, it's a bit more complicated than that it's a bit of a mishmash in reality but I don't think you can I don't I think you need to meet people in person you're all the best line has reminded me of a friend who said uh, after a particularly bad date that at the end she said have a great Christmas and it was nowhere near Christmas <laughs> <laughs> it was like February Christmas had just gone if anything uh, and then another one I remember a girl I used to go out with who worked at the BBC this isn't a date story but it's kind of similar she had a job interview and was so stressed during the job interview that at the end she kissed the guy who was interviewing her on the cheek. Oh, wow. And it was just like, as she was walking out the door, it was like instinct. She couldn't stop herself. Oh. So that's mad. Interesting. My, my friend, actually, she went on a... She's very short-sighted. And she went on a date and she didn't take her glasses. And she went up to a man in the bar and kissed him on the cheek, which is quite um, forward anyway, because it's the first time they've met in person after talking online and it wasn't him oh the guy God. she was there to meet was like that's a couple just, of meters up the bar that's like classic sitcom fodder isn't it <laughs> yeah. um interesting so you said when you went on the you you went on the date with manuel and as soon as you saw him you didn't fancy it now was that a fit so that was a physical thing yeah and then so what do you this is interesting then so what did you do did you have one drink and leave or did you spin it out oh yeah we went for dinner we did the whole dinner yeah um did you get the sense that he was into you no, um, not necessarily. He, I think he was quite nervous. He was obviously a performer, but, you know, I think dates... I mean, I'm terrible at dates. I'm terrible at job interviews. I'm terrible at dates. Describe your terribleness at dates. Why do you think that? Is that because you think they've because not gone successfully? Because you're there, aren't you? You're there with an agenda. The, the agenda is, I want this person... I want to see if I like this person, and I want this person to like me. And already that just puts me on the back foot, because I feel that oh, this is a... Pr- I'm, you're, you're performing. I'm performing, yeah. But you've already talked about being gregarious and loving people. So why is performing in that instance any different to say performing with a group of mates at the pub? I say performing I in inverted commas. But you know. specifically, I feel like they're judging me and whether they could fancy me. Right. Whereas if I'm perform, you know, in the pub, I'm in the pub having a laugh with all my mates. I'm not feeling that there's any judgment there. I'm there to have a good time with everyone. Mm. And, um, you know, people engage with me or they don't, you know, there's no pressure. Whereas if you've got one person over the side of the table, they're there specifically to decide whether they, you know, A, want to have sex with you and then B, possibly would have sex with you twice. But that's also for you to judge them about. It's interesting to me that I think your, it feels like your whole feeling on it is, how am I coming across a lot more than how are they coming across? Although equally, you did say that Manuel had, ru- had ruined it by the time you'd even spoken to him by looking how he did. <laughs> Aren't I callous? Aren't I no, we all, no, we all make those decisions. Yeah. We all abs- Anyone who says they don't make those decisions within 10 or 15 seconds is lying. But what I will say is, uh, from a personal point of view, I've, I've certainly been, I'll tell you what, I've certainly been on dates before where I know the person has decided they don't fancy me straight away. Yeah. But I've managed to drag it back over Ooh, I like three or that. four drinks. I like and that. And <laughs> ch- do you know what? That's maybe where you and I are different is because I see it as almost... A, ch- a gauntlet. Yeah, do you know what? And it's, this doesn't make me sound good, I don't think, but I'm quite a competitive person. Well, I mean, it's a male, that's a male yeah. skew, isn't it? I mean, usually it, usually it just sticks with my love of sport and stuff. But when it comes to a situation like that, I can think of one date in particular where I ended up seeing this girl for a few months where... She was literally, I could tell she just wasn't interested and to the point where she was actively rude to me. 
And then I kind of was like, well, I could obviously walk out now, but it's kind of a fun challenge. Let's see what happens. Isn't that called negging? Or well, she, she was negative. She, she wasn't into you. She wasn't well, doing it to. But she. But then we started seeing each other for a few months. She was like, "No, I actually I'd just come from my ex boyfriend's house, and I just couldn't be bothered." And oh, wow. and that was it. Yeah. And then you started taking the piss out of me for how negative you were being towards me. And actually, I liked that, and kind of you turned it round. Mm. Um, I don't know whether that I don't know whether that is a good thing or a bad thing, really. But I guess it it's kind of that. Um, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not suggesting that you should have given Manuel more of a chance, because you went for dinner anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting no, that you I, went yeah. for dinner, you did the whole date where you think you both didn't fancy each other. What a waste of money. <laughs> well, I don't know about him. I think he was obviously looking for a like-minded person. And, you know, sometimes it's just that experience, isn't it, that kind of gets you to the next one, I guess. You know, maybe warms yourself to the, to the dating game and then... You know, you put it down to experience, and yeah. Did whereas that... for me, it just made me think, oh god, I just I can't put myself through this. Yeah, I was going to say. So, did Manuel not lead you warmly into the other two dating updates that you've allowed yourself to go on? Well, I mean, I yeah, uh, you know, then I went out with a Robbie Cole train lookalike. <laughs> Um, who All a- these fantastic eighties, seventies, ref- and eighties references. <laughs> or oh, I guess Harry Potter fans know Robbie Coltrane as well. <laughs> and he, he had a port- we met for coffee in the afternoon, which is I like that. Yeah, because it's like you've got a window. It's in the evening. You know, you could you could spend hours trying to wheedle your way out. Sarah, your things. whole I have to say, your whole approach to dating is so negative <laughs> that it's like, what makes you think you have a chance at all when you're going into this with like, I fucking hate this. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Oh, a coffee, great. I can get out of here as soon as I possibly can. Maybe a bit more... I mean, I hate to use management bollocks, but a bit more positive mental attitude going into these dates could be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So Robbie Coltrane lookalike. Come on, I need to know all of this. Um, he was a... Uh, yeah, he, he had a... He, he, was, he was kind of confident. He had his own portfolio of properties. Oh. You know, he had a sense of humour. Was the portfolio of properties something that turned you on? Because to me, that's no, like what a, no. You know, men. Thing I think, to say. So I heard this the other day. Is like men. Uh, you know, sort of men that have a load of money always seem to want to slip it into. Was that? Did I hear it on your podcast? Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is quite a common thing, though, that men think that by saying about their, their money sta- on a well, date, it's about status, isn't it? It's about um, you know their um, their flashing their peacock feathers yeah. I guess that this what have, what are my assets what am I com- you know I'm confident about this I've achieved this you know that's 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 fine you know I, I would argue and maybe I even did on that episode that you kindly listened to um that if a man is feeling a if he's feeling like he has to say that on the date then actually he's quite insecure about his personality mm. one and two if he's saying that it's probably bollocks yeah. I think it's probably a lie. I don't think anybody who actually... I don't know. I've never had money, really. But um, not to say that... You know, I'm obviously a middle-class white guy. I'm very lucky. But um, I don't know if anyone who actually has money really tries to stuff it down your throat. Uh, well, hold on. I'm just lying to myself here. Of course, those sooty cunts will absolutely do that. Mm. But I can't imagine you ever going on a date with someone where status is that important. Oh, it's anyway. not. It's not. I mean, my this is why I'm a terrible internet data. My, you know, it's a real scattergun um, approach. You know, I, f- I feel like, you know, I would have been better off being a bit more, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, maybe I should talk to this person a bit over text, mm. even a phone call. And that would stop me from having to go on a date to find out that I not I don't know don't I just feel that, so would you do potentially these days would you do a zoom call before you even go and meet them in person 
I mean, this is it. I'm so alien to dating. I'm telling you about my three ever experiences, I think. I mean, I might, might, might have gone on like... I've probably gone on less than 10 dates in my whole life. Okay. So. So, can you just finish off the Robbie Coltrane story? How, what happened with that one? Oh, I, I don't think it's got much of a um, satisfying conclusion. Just, it just didn't connect. I, 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 again, I saw him and immediately didn't fancy him hmm. and sat there with a coffee and listened to him talk, which is, I think he did mostly. I don't think he was that interested in what I had to say, which is obviously a bad um, sign. Is that a common trait with dates you've been on, would you say? People, because you hear, I hear about that. A I mean, lot that's a men. red flag. It's a red flag, isn't yeah. it? Like, I, I can't, but in fact, that the one relationship I did, he, he didn't want to hear any of my anecdotes, any of my stories. Um, and that, that was killer, really. Mm. You know, because and you stayed with him for 365 days. 300, yeah, I think I, I, I think there's some sort of algorithm of for as long. Oh, it was, it was an awful, horrendous situation, and it took me far long to break up with him. I think he, I tried to break up with him bef- like before Christmas. And he was like, don't break up. God, don't, you can't do that before Christmas. I was like, okay. And then I dumped him after Christmas. And he can't like, do that before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Can't do that before uh, summer. <laughs> and, it, and then so I did dump him after Christmas. And he said, so when we had that conversation, don't dump me till after Christmas. And you went, okay. You meant that. I was like, yep. <laughs> well, that's an impressive element of, mo- of, uh, of honesty from you. I mean, I, that to me seems a little bit... I, so you, you described that relationship as kind of booze fueled, drug fueled, kind of party-ish relationship by the sound of it. He was a very troubled individual. Right. He was very broken. But he was hilarious. His sense of humour was just... I, I'm so attracted... To, I mean, everyone's attracted to sense, uh, sense of humour. But I consider myself to have a good one. Mm. And so for me to fancy a man, they've got to have a really good sense of humour. They've really got to be able to make me laugh. They're, and they're obviously, you know, you, I learn from experience that you need more than just that. Yeah. But, you know, I am an absolute sucker. That is my Achilles heel. Yeah. yeah. I have, um, I'd be interested to ask you this question, actually, because you're quite similar to a couple of friends of mine who I've had conversations with like this. Um, a couple of my funny female friends, very funny, as you are, um, say to me that they struggle finding men or keeping well, men I've... because men are um, intimidated or don't like the fact that you're funny. And one in particular friend who's um, very honest about this says, basically, I'm so fu-, she says, I'm so funny that no man wants to be with me. Now, I'm really attracted to funny women. That's just always, like, as vital to me as, as the way you described it was. Yeah. Um, so I don't really understand that on a personal level, but I can but also see... Saying, but then you were saying that you're competitive. You know, you wanted to win this woman over. Hmm. It, does that not apply to in terms of you? Would you have a problem going out with a woman that was funnier than you? No, you wouldn't. No, and I'd argue that I think most of the women that I've been out with are funnier than me. <laughs> but um, that probably also delves into my competitive nature because I like the back and forth of that. Yeah. I like the who can be funnier than the other person, who can make the other person laugh more. Uh, even to my detriment sometimes, where maybe I'll say I'll go too far and say a cutting thing that I didn't need to say just to win that little tete-a-tete you know? and maybe it's a generalization but i think a lot of men have a problem with that i think it affects you know it um emasculates them um you know that might be their ace card and they don't want that i mm. don't see that they want that a lot of the time yeah know? no i can i can see it i just i just the last thing i would want to be is with someone who was i don't it's hard to pick a word but it's like the word that comes to mind is like boring because i find people who aren't funny 
pretty boring. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to live in a house or a flat with someone where we're just sat there not really Well, that's it. You know, I just laugh. grew up in this household. My dad was a joker. Everything was turned into a game. Everything had a punchline. You know, my parents were best mates and there was laughter constantly. I'm very, very, very lucky. Mm. I know that I'm in a very small percentage to have that. You know, there was no raised voices. So it was all joy, you know, and that's, you know, that, so that benchmark for me is where I want to hit it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to find... Hard to live up to, though. It, huh? It's hard to live up to, you know, to have that sparring partner that, um, c- you know, connects with you in that way. Um, I think it's a rare thing. I think my mum and dad were very lucky. Um, but then what it does do is that I'm, I'm not prepared to, to settle for any less than that. Good. Because I, d- I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to put up with someone's being miserable. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely the right way to think about it. Because also, lots of people really do settle. Lots of people really, really do. And it's, from the outside, that strikes me as way more depressing than being alone. Oh, yeah. Way more depressing. Yeah. Um, so you told me uh, before that over this kind of lockdown period, you've had a couple of connections. Yeah. Is it worth kind of talking about that well, in terms? Because you, you've told us a bit about, you know, your dating history and your words. You've been on like maybe 10 dates maximum, not always successfully, rarely successfully, I think is the way you've described it. <laughs> yeah. um, but you found a couple of connections during what I deem to be the hardest time of all. So, yeah, so tell mean, us a little bit about those. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a wonderful thing, really. But I, I'd, the, I'd seen this chap in real life. Um, IRL. IRL. Um, <laughs> to use the, the post-postmodern vernacular. We're not allowed. We're way too old to use those terms. <laughs> oh. I got told yesterday uh, for the first time, I didn't realise, but now you can't use a laugh... If, if you use a laughing face emoji in front of a Zoomer, like a, you know, a Gen Z. Oh, right. The, you know, 20-somethings. Um, basically, you are like the ultimate loser. And now if you want to laugh on text, you have to use, do the thing where you just run your hand over the keyboard and it presses loads of letters in random order. It always spells poo when I do that. <laughs> That's your autocorrect. <laughs> well, is that because I'm writing the word poo a lot? Yes, I think so. It's oh, obviously okay. your default your default word. Um, yeah, go on. So you, you met in real, in real life. Tell us about that. Um yeah, I think I, I, it was a friend's birthday. Um, he's he's a performer. Um, oh, there's a pattern here. Performers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he was at this night, and I he he made his personality was made known that he was a bit of a character, and he sort of piqued my interest. And then a few months later, I ended up going to a party with the, the same mutual friend. So you hadn't talked to him at that first night. You just kind of seen him across the room. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. And um, and then we went to this party. And he was on the stairwell um, on the... And the reason I remember this is kind of feeds into the story. But he was, like, looking at a peculiar picture of a man with a beard. And I think it was, like... Um, it was an old picture. And I think he was seeing the similarity in himself. I don't know. And um, we, we just... It wasn't, like, one of those things where the person in front of the picture is just totally the same as the person in the picture. Exactly, kind of exactly. Brilliant. And... Um, and yeah, we just we just hit it off like our our uh, repartee back and forth was just zinging, right. shall we say? And um, I think it culminated in us going to an after party from this party, and we snogged in the. It was all very, like you know, uh, teenage. You know, in my head, anyway, snogged in this. You cab. got the buzz, the, yeah. the kind of young yeah, buzz. That yeah, kiss. that kiss. You know, feeling, like when yeah. you kiss someone and you get butterflies in your stomach. It was and, and almost totally especially bad. when it's something you weren't 
almost especially when it's not like, oh, you've been on a date, so you're working up to it. Is it going to happen? You've thought about it before. If it's like a night where you've kind of, the first time you've spoken and it's just almost feels more like fate-like. Yeah. Then that adds to that buzz, I think. Yeah. I always think that. Yeah. And then, you know, you're rolling, you're rolling down a hill then. And um, I think, you know, we stayed quite late and then in the morning left together uh, we'd just been kissing like teen- teenagers in the, in the back garden on the bench, basically. Dry humping. No, <laughs> maybe not as far as that. Maybe it was kind of, I don't know. So lovely and innocent. Roast, I love this story. Rose-tinted roast memories. But then we went headed down to the um, tube station and I was, a bit, I was a bit hungover and sort of lost my way and lost him. Um, and I, How? Well, yeah. <laughs> was I, it just you two walking? Just us two, yeah. I mean, he was in a similar sort of state and I have recounted this to a girlfriend later and she's like, no, he's an arsehole. He's an arsehole. Who does that? You know? Well, <laughs> the best case scenario that I can think of... Well, also, you're presumably well, going to tell us what happened, presumably. Yeah. But the best case scenario I can think of is he went into a shop to get some no, cigarettes No, we, we were in the, um, you know, the labyrinthian tube. I say labyrinthian, you, you know, there's probably only a few ways you can go of the tube. Right. And there was escalators. There was lots of people walking, you know... You know, Paternoster yeah. and was in, it Euston? I'll forgive it if it was Euston because that is I really difficult. I think it was one of the no, it wasn't that busy. It was like one of the South London tube stations, and you know, I was incredibly jaded from the night before. But I kind of, you know, um, it, it was like the Fisher King in Grand Central <laughs> Station. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I but lost in Parsons Green. Yeah, I think I was sort of looking for where I was going to get back. You know, you sort of clock, you know, because otherwise, if you're not going, I mean, I've lived in London all my life. It's a disgusting confession to say. I don't know where I'm going, yeah. south or north yeah. or whatever. But in that moment, I lost him, and then I and you hadn't exchanged phone numbers at this point. No, right. So um, got my got my bearings. Um, I got onto the tube platform. He he was on the train, and just as I got there, the doors closed, and he put his hands up against, against the windows and sort of glided off. <laughs> That's and... the most romantic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I love that. That's what the film Sliding Doors should have been. Yeah. Well, this is where it goes horribly wrong, because I've been keeping a diary since I was a teenager, since I was 15, um, even before, since the early 90s, 1992. Wow. And then I went off, it went off the boil after university, but very occasionally I find something noteworthy. It will go down in a book. So, you know, you might not have an extract for three months, six months, whatever. And, um, but I, I'd obviously found that noteworthy and I'd written it down. And then during lockdown, I don't know if you noticed this in your friends, uh, with your friends. But every, all the old photos were coming out. There's a lot of reminiscing going yeah, on. Yeah. People were digging out of, these pa- things. Especially of like parties and going out and anything that doesn't involve being at home. Yeah. Stuck with nothing to do. Yeah. So, um, so then, so I'll leave you with that bit. And then my friend had a Zoom quiz. She, a big, there was 30 of us on this Zoom quiz. Mm. And she happens to be a mutual friend. And this was, I think, four years, to, or maybe two years ago, this happened. The Wait, so you, you did the, you, the sliding doors post snog happened two years ago. Yeah, and neither of you, despite had you had you not been at a party of a mutual friend or something. Basically, if you'd wanted to get in touch with each other, you could have surely. Yeah. Okay. Two years pass. Zoom quiz. Zoom quiz. I wonder who's going to turn up on this quiz. There, there he was. There he was, and um, he. We did have. We were. We were connected on Facebook. Okay. And he immediately started back channeling me. 
Hi. Oh, is that a term for when you're on a second? Yeah, okay. That channel. <laughs> yeah. All right, noted. I'll put that in my diary. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I was like, oh, and you know, we were across a the the, the window. The im. Oh, they've got a name. I can't remember. But anyway, um, yeah. So. Hello, Sarah. And then we just started communicating through the quiz. And then it was hilarious because it was really early days of lockdown. Mm. Um, this was the first sort of foray into Zoom quizzing. Yeah, back when and, and it my was friend, vaguely enjoyable. Yeah. And my friend, was inc- she's incredibly artistic um, and great organising these things. She had, you know, she was using music and pictures and stuff like that. It was really well put together. And it was international. There was Americans. There was probably about... I don't know, 40 people on this thing. She'd organise breakout rooms. Yeah. You know, it was it was really, really well put together. I hate her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too talented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, um, but what was hilarious was it was, um, we got these trolls. So people were coming into the rooms. They were, they were hijacking the screen, putting like highly pornographic pictures up there. What, like you've been hacked? It got hacked. Hilarious. Ejaculant. They were like saying very rude, um, outrageous <laughs> things. Absol- <laughs> threw it into absolute chaos. And the, she must have been devastated. Yeah, I feel really sorry for her. She was trying to boot them out, yeah. but it was still... But for you and your man, that must have been hilarious to flirt around as well. Yeah, well, I think it was quite funny because there was a hiatus where they were trying to sort it out. And I happened, I have Trivial Pursuit. Um, or I maybe discussed Trivial Pursuit as a joke. And then he started asking me Trivial Pursuit questions. And I was answering them and I was getting them right. I was kind of being lucky with the questions. And I was asking him questions back and he wasn't getting them right. And he, he was like, I don't want you to think I'm as shit a Trivial Pursuits as this. I'm normally very good. Or and I don't want you to think that you're smarter than me. <laughs> you may because be. Because I'm an intimidated man. <laughs> yeah, very possibly. Very possibly. But it just sort of jumped off from there, really. And we were essentially highly flirting in a really funny, sort of euphemistic way. Like we had a whole convers- sexual conversation but we were relating it all to planes. I love stuff like that. Honestly, yeah. I love stuff like that. I mention like rom-coms on this podcast way too much because I love them so much. But it's just like that thing in rom-coms where in every single one, the couple who will en- inevitably end up together have some kind of language or gesticulation or comment thing that they have, just the two of them. So you had this cool plane euphemistic chat. I yeah, and you know, it didn't end there. You know, sometimes it could be about... Um, <laughs> Uh, bakery baked products donuts or whatever sometimes it could be about unicorns sometimes you know and it was always a very interesting uh, way of sort of communicating sexually whilst being funny at the same time yeah and it it, I thrived off it and and so how uh, long was this kind of communication going and also presumably I mean at that point were you guys both sticking intently to the lockdown rules or were you tempted yeah to no there was no, there was never a chance that we were gonna meet in real life um like it, it, he had a family member who was shielding you know who mm-hmm. was vulnerable mm-hmm. and there was no way he was going to break with uh protocol and i respect that you know and so it was what it was and you know there was hope at that point that things might ease up sooner mm-hmm. rather than later i think it was what is it three months the I get so confused. Started with the in March, I feel like yeah, probably two or three months. Wasn't yeah, two it? or three months, and 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 actually, that's what was kind of um, rang alarm bells because the relationship, if if you call it that, which I do, ended pretty much as things were easing up. Right. And then I don't know if I got. I heard through sort of Chinese whispers because we had friends in contact that he possibly had a girlfriend the whole time. Yeah, well, he certainly did before lockdown. I don't know what arrangement they might have had though. I didn't yeah. know that. 
they might have said oh well let's break up because of this or some people don't even consider that sort of thing cheating yeah i've heard that a lot actually from guys like there was this married guy i was talking to he was in the shoot your shop room and in that clubhouse or whatever right and um i was like but aren't you married he's like well it's, it's online isn't it like you know that he obviously didn't doesn't mm. a lot of people don't consider this a real relationship because and when you we hear, haven't when you hear that when you hear that as you said i've heard that a lot from guys when you hear that do you immediately think they're telling the truth or do you think they're probably talking bollocks well i you know i think i think you've got to be honest about it mm. you know if you're with someone and they don't have a problem with you flirting with other people mm-hmm. online that's fine but if the person you're with has a problem with that then it's a it, then it possibly is a problem i think in those scenarios from my experience if you're in a relationship where the other person where you're both okay with the other person flirting or even sleeping with other people or whatever then what tends to happen is if you are you know so say it's me and i'm in a relationship like that if i meet someone who i'm flirting with i'll tell them straight away it'll be like the first thing i tell them it'll be like oh i'm in a oh i've never not i wouldn't say open relationship but i would say this is my relationship these are my boundaries this is the situation yeah um but what, that's I, the thing what is, I would doubt where my bullshitometer comes out a little bit is like where, the way you just described it, which is like further down the line of the flirtation. They're like, oh, no, 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 it's fine because we're not actually meeting. In well, yeah, life. but, but it, it, I haven't heard it from his mouth that any of that is true. Sure. That's, but you were talking about the other guy on, on Clubhouse. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So well, how that, did how did the relationship go with the guy that you trivial pursuited with? How did it go from there where it was at the kind of beginning of lockdown where it was, you know, regular flirtation to then nothing well the thing was it it was because that was the thing it changed because at first it was very much talking about everything it wasn't just sexy we were talking about what we were having for lunch and we were talking about other things unrelated so in that way it's felt like a a, you know more holistic getting to know you Mm -hmm. bonding scenario but then it became less it felt like he was like hang on this is a bit much this is, you know, I don't need to be speaking to you as much as this. But but without ever saying that. Without ever saying that. Mm. And then, like, when when we did sort of communicate, it would be it would be more sexual. And then a really awful thing happened. I got incredibly drunk. Mm. Um, and um, where I, I was doing a bit, running a bit of a Zoom social with my friends, and they were like, get your diaries out, get your diaries out. And so I had been reading through and reading them extracts, um, which can be found as amusing. And, and then I came across this entry where I'd written about us meeting. The sliding and, doors. Sliding doors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, isn't that funny? Because I didn't remember that I'd written that diary entry. And then I stupidly, in my drunken haze, thought he would be elated. So you screenshotted it and sent it to him? I, I actually read it to him. We actually had a video call where I read it to him. And it's really embarrassing because it's written in the most... Ridic- Barbara Cartland style <laughs> because that whole sliding doors like I told you but it had this sort of like, filmic quality yeah, to it yeah. and I wrote it like a teenage you know um, you know like I had a crush like a lovesick puppy that's how I, I wrote it and that, and then I read it to him and that's how it must have come across and he was probably going whoa 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 what right. is this madness I think because things did shift after that so you felt there was a gen like straight after you read that you felt like everything changed and he didn't yeah. he was not contacting you at all or just very sporadically uh, yeah no the, the yeah the the the, the brakes came off Is what right stops expression? you in a scenario like that then what stops you from just saying to him 
What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I assume the worst. I go, I know why he's not contacting me because I did this embarrassing thing you should never right. do. I. Do you think there's a chance that even if you hadn't read that thing to him, that you would have found something else that you'd use as the reason for him not being yeah, in touch yeah, with you anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that comes into my own self-esteem and my confidence yeah. there. You know, and, you know, to the point where I don't know if I manifest this stuff. I don't know whether I give myself a reason to fuck it up or it was... I don't know. Or whether you, or whether you were part of a lockdown process for him where he needed distraction and needed yeah, something to keep Yeah, he wasn't going. taking it seriously. There I was thinking we were on the same page mm. when I, I got overexcited in my sort of romantic yeah. head. And yeah, it, for him it was more a bit of fun. When I've been in scenarios like this, I, I've, I've been in scenarios on both sides of this. I, don't, I, I feel like a lot of the time most of us have been in scenarios on most sides of everything, but I can say I've, I've been in similar scenarios on both sides. When I've been in the scenario of finding, realizing that someone's not as into me as they were, I don't ask them either. But I, I think, and I think the reason I don't ask them is because well, that, the idea- that, that, That's terrifying because if I'm misreading the situation uh, that, they're, that they're not into me, hmm. um, and maybe there isn't a problem, but I think I'm quite intuitive and that it is. But to ask the question, why have things changed? Have I said something, you know, have I done something to put you off, you know? Then that feels to me like a needy, needy statement. And, yeah. that, and whereas before they might have not been thinking that and they're like now thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but it's interesting that it comes, the fact that it comes across needy at that point, does it really matter because you've already worked out in your head that they're not into you? So in a weird way, it shouldn't yeah. really matter. But the yeah. way, the reason I, I mean, that definitely factors into my, my thinking when I don't ask them either but the reason I don't is also I don't want I'd rather not know why they don't fancy me anymore one yeah I I also think if I keep quiet then maybe there'll be a chance further down the line to turn it round yeah which is what happened you know we came back together again I think there was another event on Things had gone very quiet. Right. And um, what? So basically, during the, so then the first lockdown ended. So during the whole time where you could have seen him, you didn't have a chance to, or you, he didn't want to. You it, didn't want. Yeah, it wasn't it didn't on happen. the cards. Yeah, I still think actually he, even though we were allowed to communicate with people um, or see, see know, them, yeah, he. I think he was taking his own line on keeping himself to himself. Like even now, you know. Um, what do you mean by taking his own line? Sorry. Uh, uh, so in terms of just because we were allowed to meet up with people because lockdown eased, mm. it wasn't necessarily the right decision, was it? Because then the R rate went back up. So he was of the mindset that I'm still not going to go and see people just yeah, because the government the... said that we could. Right. And is that from stuff you've heard or from the things he said to you? I just feel that that's his sensibility. But that could have been because he has a girlfriend. It, it, yeah. I mean, were there, I mean, were there times even when you're, you're most communicative with him and vice versa where he wasn't available and then suddenly he would be for a few, you know, for quite incessantly at various points and then not for a couple of days and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just, it went from intense, you know, intensely communicating on a regular basis. Then it became a bit more sporadic and then it just, and then it, and then, uh, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing as well with, with the, with the, the sexual antics we were getting up to because he was quite keen for me to send pictures of myself mm-hmm. um, naked and doing all sorts. Nudes. Nudes. 
and which were quite really good fun and I enjoyed doing them and, and, I've, and I've never done that before okay. you know I, I used to flash my br- I've been flashing my breasts for years <laughs> for decades for decades <laughs> um, um, I invented it <laughs> I invented that shiz and my friend I think when in my 20s I think late 20s my a male friend said to me I don't think you need to do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, it was said with care and um, sincerity and I think he's probably got a point but that's not to say that they wouldn't come out now and again sure. if I was particularly feeling particularly excited. But in terms of like sending um, pictures of myself, I've never done that mm. because I feel that they they then exist, yeah, and they become they're someone else's property, yeah. and you don't know what's going to happen to them. But I really trusted I really trusted him, and I didn't have a problem with that. And so he he was suggesting you sending those from pretty early on. Like from in, during that initial flirtation period, I guess is what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I think I was quite game from it quite early on. I don't know. I can't even really remember. I can't remember thinking it was like, oh, you know, it just all felt quite comfortable. Natural, yeah. You know, because I think we were talking about unicorns at one point, and um, I think he he there was this little unicorn with wings that he balanced on his penis and took a photo <laughs> of it and sent it to me. And as it happened, I had a unicorn brooch. And I balanced that on my nipple and took a photograph and sent it back to him, you know. So it's things like this. So it, it didn't feel like it was crude. It no. felt like it was a bit of a... a, bit of a but also, a even, but of also even if you hadn't had the extras of the unicorns in this sense, I think the reality of life now is that it's not really seen as crude to send pictures of yourselves. I've said, I, I mean... Like, I just think over the last probably, I want to say five years, but it's probably more like 10 years, it's just become a normal part of almost like, you know, when I was young, you talk about the bases from snogging to sex. Yeah. And now it's like adding another base for sending nudes. Because especially when I've dated people who are a bit younger than me, so like, you know, five, six, seven years younger than me, to them, it's totally normal. And I would always still say, I've never really sent a picture of my penis. Like, because I never... You haven't. No, maybe once or twice under duress. (laughs) And I don't mean like under duress, like, you know, appalling, but it's just like... We will kill your children unless you send us a picture of your But no, but I'll get get there. But it's like, in reality, the way I've always looked at it and said this to everyone is like, do I genuinely believe that a girl has ever got themselves off over a picture of a man's penis? I mean, come on, it's... They're not Well, it's really funny you should say that because um, I was seeing a guy... And he sent me a dick pic and I got it during the day at work. And I was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't ready for it. I, I, but you were already seeing him or you were kind of in the early yeah, stages we were of having, dating? We, 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 yeah, I, I mean, it was never dating. It was like, right. it was get drunk, have sex. Yeah. We were fuck buddies. Yeah. And that's all we, it was ever going to be. It was never going to be a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had sex on quite a regular... In fact, I, the only reason I ended it with him because I felt it was unhealthy because I wasn't going to find um, a... a, a like a you know what you call a proper relationship if I was sort of in this thing yeah, yeah. and so I broke it off and then I had found no relationship so right. maybe I should have just kept fucking him yeah. just so I got my sex quota but but anyway he sent me a penis and I just thought oh, that's, oh that disgusts me but any, any, he's got a nice dick you know he's got an attractive dick and I love dicks you know I yeah but I, I, and I get that and I'm not denying that but, women but the, I'm certainly but, not but denying this... that women love dicks uh, love dicks <laughs> right but what I'm saying is I think when a, when his, a, when a woman his sends... Dick, his dick... Um, so, we're talking about <laughs> lockdown lover here. Yeah. My lockdown lover. Oh, yeah. 
Um, uh, sliding doors, we'll call him. Yeah. Um, he, um, I did get off on seeing his dick. Like, he has a beautiful dick. He has a beautiful big dick. And seeing it, and he would do these little memes where, where you know, would be wanking off his dick, and it would get me horny, and it would make me want okay, to touch my, Okay, fine. And I was never, at no point was I going to say it's, well, well, my argument would be, I think you're getting off over that dick because you fancy him and you're into him and you want more to happen from, you want to meet this person, you want to have sex with this person. Right. And I'm not denying that that possibility, you know, that when, for instance, the two people that I've sent a cock shot to have been similarly attracted to me. Yeah. But what I'm certainly denying is, from what I hear, the plethora of, of dick pics that boys send without... Um, consent. Yes, and they genuinely think they genuinely think. Oh, this girl's going to fancy me because yeah, of this. And it's like yeah, no. Yeah. But boys, I think I'll just say women's bodies are beautiful. Yeah. Both men, men, men and are, women think that. So when you when yeah. you get a picture from a girl, like you can not only get it, get yourself off to it, but it's like. And men are you know men are aroused far more you know more easily. You know they need visual stimulation. Mm. You know that they are. It certainly helps. They are inclined to visual stimulation. There's no doubt about it. Whereas a woman, I think you can do a lot more with your imagination, you know, and uh, written, even the written word, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, the, and again, you know, in, he was brilliant because he was like, oh, do you want to see a picture of my dick? He always asked that, which I thought was lovely, yeah. you know. Um, and he would want to see pictures of me. And some I was got into and some I wasn't comfortable in showing. You know, there was this, right. like, I want to see your fingers going into your right. vagina. And um, he definitely said pussy, surely. He might have said pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always intrigued by the terminology used because it's like, I remember having a, a weird conversation with my brother and a girlfriend of his when we were in America once, where I was just like, well, the one word I would never use during sex, of course, is cunt. And he was like, oh, no, I love that. I love it when I yeah. it. And I'm like, what? And everyone's different. <laughs> yeah. everyone, and I went to, when I was living in America for a bit, it's just like, um, what was it? Oh, th that was the first time actually where women would use dick instead of cock during sex, right? And I was like, dick to me back then especially was like a word that we used to call people dicks at school. Yeah. Like it just really threw me back to being at school and I found it weirdly uncomfortable. You mentioned that basically uh, in terms of sliding doors guy, there was obviously the initial um, time of attraction flirtation and the pictures and all that and then you felt it kind of dropped off and then you were going to well, say... Well, th th there was a poignant, there was a poignant moment because he... Uh, many times it came up that he'd like to see me sort of fingering myself. Oh yeah, seeing my poignant is the right word. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I thought, okay, yeah, I can do this. So um, it was a lovely sunny day. The sun was pouring in through the living room window. I think I was working at the time, so I shouldn't have really been masturbating on the couch. Um, but you know, we're working from home, so mm -hmm. anything goes. And um, I frankly, office jobs I think would be improved if we all were able to masturbate on the office couch a bit more. <laughs> I think so. That would, uh, what's it, um, productivity would go through the roof. Yeah, for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I, you know, I, I felt that I got the lighting right and I f filmed this video and I sent it to him, but it, the file was too large. Can I ask a question? How many times did you film this video just, before one that you were happy with? No, just the once. Oh, well done. Because I've heard that basically every photo that is taken and sent 
is mostly done loads and loads of times or video. So well done. You're a one take wonder, Sarah. <laughs> well, you know. Okay, the file was too large. Well, so you say that, it came back to haunt me because I sent it, it was too large to send through the medium we were using. Had to we transfer. Yeah, we transfer. You know, compress it. <laughs> I had to send it off to an edit suite in Soho. Oh my God. You've got a runner. You've got a runner taking it, getting it off the mini DV. <laughs> yeah, couriered over the digi beta. Um, um, no, so yeah, I, I, I did actually cut it down. Um, I trimmed it up a bit and sent it via WhatsApp. And then we com- we were communicating a bit after that. But then it then it was then I got the message. I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. It's not working for me. What was the time span between you sending the video and that? It was quite short. I think it was a few days. Like, and this was after your initial. So there, is this is this right in me in the time span? Is this a period after you'd had that initial thing where it kind of you felt it ended because you'd read the diary entry and yeah. this was a secondary thing where you then felt it ended because you'd sent that video yeah okay well it felt like the timing was a and you bit, said what well, it was a few days it was, after. The, it was the end of lockdown mm. i'd sent that video it was a few days after this is not doing it for me anymore and i was like oh okay well he so he said i can't do this anymore is that what he yeah. said and did you ask him to expand excuse the pun <laughs> Uh, no, I said fair enough. Hopefully, we can remain friends. And so, your instinct then on why he made that decision—you, you, based on what you've told me already—I'm guessing think that's because you sent him that video. Yeah, there's a part of me that believes it was to do with it. But then also, you've said that through mutual friends, you've heard he might have had a girlfriend the whole yeah, time. Yeah, so that so that altered my opinion. Mm. And I spoke to a good friend. And, She's like, I'm really surprised you fancied him in the first place. I mean, I don't see it, you know, and I think she was just being a good mate, potentially, um, because that's not how I felt. But um, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit convenient that that things wound up at that point. I don't know. Yeah, it does sound convenient. So do you massively regret sending the video because you think it ended it and also because you know he has it? No, I, I trust him completely. I don't think that that video would ever be used for nefarious means. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's just generating content, content for his only fans empire, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, I don't, you know, I don't have any regrets. I think that's a waste of time in life really. And, and, to, and to be honest, we have reconnected since okay. anyway. So. And what's happened since then? It seemed uh, because this is now the third lockdown and funnily enough, a third reconnection or yeah. a third connection. Yeah. Um, it does seem to be a familiar, Thing. So what? Yeah, tell us about this reconnection. Um, I don't know. There's just been a couple of times where we've like we've sort of reverted to um, to, to, to just sharing those sort of like saucy moments right. together and you know having a laugh with it. And it's just been, you know, casual. So, I've not put so much emphasis on it, I guess, and started thinking, okay, you know, I've built this. I had this thing. Maybe I can do that with other men you know, yeah. online, maybe that, you know, maybe it's given me confidence to be able to express my sexuality in that way or That's whatever. Good. Yeah. So, but, but, but each time that he's um, kind of ramped up the communication and then stopped it, does it hurt you? Yeah. I mean, that first time really stung, but then other times it's, it's never really, it's, it, there's never been a kickback now. It just feels that like every, uh, you know, now and again, we'll like connect in that way and it'll be the end and some time will elapse. And then I, I think it is me leading it though, generally, if I, if I think about it. It's me sort of prodding him and then he's into it. So for instance, then with this 
the most recent reconnection, was it a text you sent first? I would have thought, I think so, yeah. Right. I think I've instigated it. I think that's the thing. At, at one point, it was very... Are you sure? Because it, so it strikes me that it's possible that you might tell yourself that you instigate this and are responsible for this stuff, whether you are or not, because you're quite down on this kind of stuff in your life, I think. I don't know. Um, no, I, th- I think that's how it's gone. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. What would you like, like in a dream world with this guy, Sliding Doors, I'm calling it. Yeah. Um, in a dream world, what would come from it? I, I would mean- love to meet up with him. It, you know, when it's safe, when people are vaccinated, you know, he's comfortable with being out and about. Would you ever suggest that? Do you see that as a possibility that you will suggest that? I don't know. Like, I don't know. It depends how the communication goes from here, you know. Um, and I might chat, I might meet someone else, you know. Mm. I don't know, but I, 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 I'm really, I'm still, my head is with him quite a lot because I just feel the way our minds connect is brilliant, you know. And I don't feel that I meet many men that understand the way my mind yeah. works in that way and can enjoy it, the, the laugh, you know, the sexual connection and the humour that's all wrapped up. And the way, you know, because I was reading some of our, which is a bit naughty of me, but I was reading some of our um, back and forths as friends. Mm. And they were like, oh, but, you know, how long does it take you to write this? No, this is off the cuff. Yeah. This is us, you know. That's the best way of flirtation when it's so quick. It's like, it's, yeah. And she couldn't get her head around it because the creativity that was involved in this, you know, virtual sexual table tennis game was like... You know, just spit, and that's that's lovely for me because you know I've got a, a man there that's mind is working as quicker, if not quicker than mine, yeah. and that that's it. You know, he's now that, that's the thing. It's so that's what's so rare to find, isn't it? Yeah, like where two people are on the same page with that kind of thing, and so therefore, to me, it's totally. Um, but I think he has commitment. I think he's uh, in fear of love. But you yeah. don't know any of. I do know that, be- right? Tell because me because he. Um, that came up in a conversation recently. It's like, don't fall in love with me. You know, don't be, you know. It's not, cause I, I, yeah, but that could easily be him just saying, because, without saying, because I've got a wife and two children. Well, you know, he doesn't have a wife and two children. I, 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 think, I think he was... I mean, by him saying that, I have to say, my instinct is just that he's saying, there's not going to be anything here. Yeah. But I think he generally has a problem with love. With... with I... I, I I do think that I don't think it's me. Is that is that you? Is that you potentially putting a kind of uh, rose-tinted spectacles view on him, like almost like um, exoticizing his behaviour by saying, "Oh, he has you know commitment issues or love issues or whatever." Maybe when in reality, maybe yeah. Potentially, the way it comes across it, from what you've said is just that he's spun you a line a little bit, and every time he has an opportunity to actually meet with you, he goes off the radar. Yeah, but there, there, you know that that's never. I mean, he made it quite clear that that wouldn't be happening happening during lockdown anyway. Yeah. And I, I know he, I see his reasons for that, and there, it could be bullshit. And that's the that's the thing because I think if you really fancy someone, you probably would like be naughty and like you just want to get in their pants into their bed so much that you'd. Yeah, but, I, I agree. You're quite, in, and you said your words. I'm quite intuitive. So what is your intuit? What does your intuition tell you? I don't think that that's, I think he's happy to keep it where it's at, you know, there, it's fun, it's sexy, it's there, but he doesn't want to develop, he doesn't want it to be anything, Any. he doesn't want to take it 
he doesn't want to make it any more serious than that. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, everything he's, uh, everything he said to you, says that that's the case. Um, and he's been quite clear. I think. I think he's been. I th- it did sting when he said, oh, "This is not doing it, f- doing it for me anymore." That wasn't how you first said he'd said it, though. You'd said that you said that he first said, "I can't do this anymore." No, well, I've got it wrong. He he. he um, he basically said, I'm not feeling this anymore. This is not working for me anymore. What a strange thing to say. Yeah. And you just wrote back, fair enough. Yeah. But then... Well, because that is his right, isn't it? Like, and if I felt that, I'd want the other person to accept that. No, no, it's, right. it's amazing that you accepted it. I just don't... I mean, I have to say, maybe this is wrong of me, but I would rather someone not say that and just say... I, I preferred I can't do this anymore because at least that opens out to more like a... It just seems a little personal. Oh, I'm not feeling this anymore. That's quite rude. It comes across as rude to me. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard one to figure out. It's I'm, fascinating. Honestly, it's such an amazing story. Thanks so much. But what, what I guess, you know, do you harbour a hope that maybe once this lockdown ends, maybe you guys will get to meet for a drink? Yeah, yeah. And you'll be able to do what I did on that date and win him, win him round. yeah. I mean, th- there's every potential that we could be without organising something, be at the same p- place, same yeah. space event. And, and snog under a picture. Yeah, snog under a picture. Um, and maybe that will be enough, you know. I get, you know, that whole thing with men, it's the chase, you know. I mean, possibly. I mean, I was saying to you just when you, we were off, I was just like, in terms of what you've kind of opened up to in this episode... And I totally agree. I totally think this is what life is all about. You've said, you know, you definitely don't want to settle. And I totally, I'm with you on that. I think that's exactly the right way to be. Um, And then you've also said, you know, I find it difficult to find people and to find this soulmate or, you know, a best friend and stuff like that. But the reality for me is like, it's so hard to actually be in the same place as someone in terms of your head and your heart, that it's the chances of, meeting someone and falling in love with them when you're not willing to settle for something less are minuscule yeah so i'm personally just like good for you sarah keep going for it and with this guy i'm my my instincts are a little bit like hmm. if you hadn't mentioned that you think or you'd heard he might have a girlfriend i might probably suggest that he might have a girlfriend yeah yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Will you come on again, like further down the line and tell us what happened with this with this story? Yeah. If, uh, I think you've been such a cool guest. It would be brilliant, like maybe in the second series or something to have you on and you can tell us where you're at at that point. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, that no, would be so really cool. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Sarah. And thanks to you guys at home for listening. Once again, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either as yourself or I'm more than happy for people to come on under a pseudonym. If it would make you more comfortable, please email crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. That's crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. Also use that email address to send in anything you'd like discussed on the show and we'll read it out. Uh, do give us a follow on Instagram at Crazy Stupid Love Pod, and do please press that subscribe button and rate the podcast. Also, check out my other podcast, It's Your Funeral and Almost Famous. Links are in the description box below, and on Instagram they are at Almost Famous the Podcast and at Pod It's Your Funeral. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>